Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Stance Podcast. I'm Ibuka, and with me today we have Albert, Ward, and Luhis. Albert, how are you doing? Really good, I'm really good. Um, the weather in the Netherlands is just messing with me. Sometimes it's hotter than the weather in Africa. I'm not joking, man. Literally. But yeah, it was actually a very good weekend. Um, I think the beauty of the Premier League always reveals itself when you see so many upsets and you ask yourself, are these are this mid-level, mid-table teams trying to compete or are these top teams just not ready for the season? So many questions you just need to ask yourself. But I guess that's why we're here, so we can discuss about it. Reward, what's up? How was your weekend? Why are you such a proud fool? Dude, <laughs> oh, that's deep. <laughs> Anyways, I'm good. Um, it's been it's been a beautiful it was a beautiful weekend. Um, celebrated my birthday. Um, Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> uh, Liverpool, Liverpool collected. City collected, Chelsea collected, so yeah, all good. Where is how's it going? Man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. It's not going well. I'm yet to score this season in the Premier League, so <laughs> it was not a good weekend. I'm supporting Sporting Lagos for now, please. Uh, we are also supporting Sporting Lagos or Sporting Lisbon. Sporting <laughs> Lagos, Sporting Lagos. Kamaka. <laughs> Uh, but, but let's talk about a team that did not collect. Um, Arsenal, they've been impressive. I mean, this is the first time they are winning three games on the bounce since um, 2004-2005. We all know what happened um, in that season. I know um, they didn't win the league in 2004-2005. It was um, Chelsea's, Mourinho's Chelsea that won the league. But that was actually the, in quotes, 0-2 days. And I've commented this season that Arsenal is playing like those 0-2 days. Some players that have not been fluid, they've started coming to the fore of things. E.g. Martinelli. Martinelli has never been this fit and flying since I've been watching him. And even if he's coming at the expense of like Bukayo Saka's <laughs> um, outputs, who have since shipped out of my FPL team, by the way, um, it's, very, it's very, very impressive to see that Arsenal are fit, flying, and getting goals from every side of the pitch. Fit, flying, and getting goals from every side of the pitch. That is in stark contrast to what's going on the, going on on the other side of London right now with Chelsea. Um, I just wonder how bad Kepa must be for Mendy to keep starting for Chelsea. Honestly, I've had I've had enough of that guy. He has cost us points a lot of times, and even sometimes when. Um, those his brain farts don't come off it's just been like whiskers or the striker's been wasteful because he has repeatedly done this over and over again and i'm just i'm honestly tired of seeing it so i just feel kepa can't be that bad really 
because immediately he made that holler, everything everything just came crumbling. It's like the whole team just got demoralized and lost lost their heads. I don't know what Kolibali was thinking. He's supposed to be experienced. Yeah, he got turned and he got um, carded early in the game, but why is why is he risking <laughs> why is he risking another card <clears throat> and getting on getting a red card? Now we don't have any other defender going into going into the game against Leicester. Probably see an Aspilicueta who I never want to see play for Chelsea again. I doubt Chaloba is in. That's your do. Well. <laughs> Fernandinho was um, City's captain. How many times did he play last season? Um, we also have um, Chalobab. I think he's going out on loan, so I doubt he'll play. So the only option is for Cucurella to play left centre-back, then Chilwell to come in as left wing-back. The We have just a week to the end of the transfer window and Chelsea still hasn't replaced Christensen. We haven't even improved the defense yet. We are still trying to replace those who left, and it's 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 pathetic to say the least. I I, I just can't believe this is happening. The earlier to call shuts the shit out, the better for him. That's that's all I can say. It was speaking about transfers. Just to go back to Chelsea uh, last time. There's a lot of talk about Anthony Gordon. But reward, what do you feel about Anthony Gordon? Do you think he's a necessity at Chelsea? If yes, what position do you see him uh, playing in? And if no, who do you think Chelsea should go for instead? Honestly, don't see why Chelsea is going to spend above sixty million for a roadrunner. Because I've watched that guy, and I don't see anything he brings to the fore except just having uh, great lungs for running. Yeah, he is he's he's great at pressing. Um I think it's just pressing really. Because I don't see what else he offers. He's not an elite dribbler. He's not prolific. Man guy has only scored like three deflected goals in his career <laughs> at Everton. <laughs> yeah, so I did today, I was shocked. Like what was spending? <laughs> No, no, no. Chelsea has become the laughing stock of, of this transfer window because it's it's really bad. There's a Zaha somewhere who I doubt will be even up to it, up to 30 million. So why, why aren't we going for Zaha? And I've been crying for a cent maximum. I've been dying for that guy. See how he ripped City apart. There was a meme I saw on Twitter where Pep was on his knees with his hand on his head when St. Maximum was about to take on Walker. <laughs> yeah, I like, was <laughs> why can't why can't we have that at Chelsea? We don't have a single winger except Sterling that can take on and besides Tuchel plays Sterling as a false nine instead of on the wings as he should. It's just it's just a mess really. Tuchel wants to play Gordon as a backup right wing back. So he's going to deputize as a right winger that can also play right wing back. Why are we wasting 60 million on someone who's going to be deputy? Because I don't see who is going to replace in the starting lineup of Chelsea. Well, if Tuko wants him, let's see. Let's see how it goes. But I'm very sure the the fallback is going to be bad and we'll be here for it. That's all. Just just talking about your wish for Ben Mazua. 
So he's what do you think? Should we start taking Newcastle very serious this season with the way they performed against Manchester City? I've been taking Newcastle seriously since <laughs> they got new owners. I mean, we all know City's story, um, how the money changed them. We all know PSG's story, how Montpellier, Lyon, and other clubs that no one really hears about these days used to win the French League, and they've been dominating since then. So, um, it's not first things first. I've been taking Newcastle seriously since last season. Um, yes, I didn't think Eddie Howe could make them finish how high they finished last season, but we should all remember it's not a one-year project. Even Pep Guardiola did not even win the Premier League in his first season. So, um, first of all, I think Eddie Howe has to know that he's not the guy that will take them to that level, that top four um, title-winning level. He, like, anytime he chops his breakfast, he should know that, okay, this is the part I played. He played the, in quotes, Mark Hughes, um, Roberto Mancini. No, Roberto Mancini won trophies. But the point is, Eddie Howe should know that he's in the story or he's in the script of Newcastle's um, resurgence as a big club in England. But it shouldn't be sad if they sack him for not reaching those heights. However, there's something I want to um, say about what I like about what Newcastle is doing. So Newcastle, um, they bought players that can play, play multiple positions. So for example, Bruno Guimaraes. Everybody felt like Bruno Guimaraes was an AM last season, especially when he was popping goals every Akiosa market day. This season, Jonjo Shelby is injured, I think, till September, October. He's now the most um, defensive midfielder. Another player I want to bring up is Dambon. Dambon, we all know he plays very well in the back three. I mean, we saw that at Brighton. But since this um, former Aston Villa guy, my target has been injured. He's deputized very well at left back. So when you bring in players like that that can play multiple positions, you won't really be bringing all these injuries, this one as excuses that um, we'll, de- we'll definitely get to talk about it later that Liverpool fans are, are, are using. That's why me, I, I really like versatile players. Yes, I know a lot of versatile players are average, but when you sign versatile players that can do their work and can give you 6 over 10 every game, it's better than signing those that can give you 8 over 10, 5 games in a season. Just taking into consideration the way Man City played and how they were set, a, how they were set with the Newcastle team. Do you think there's a? Do you think that certain parts of the squad that needs to be improved on Man City's side? Because we know that Pep has his man right now in Erling Haaland, and right now Haaland is actually really kicking it. So, but there was something missing in that team, and I'm just wondering, what do you think? There's a part in the Man City squad that just needs to be improved. Yeah, I look at the Man City squad, and I think they don't have the squad depth they had last season. Um, if you, for instance, the right back position, if Walker gets injured or something, I don't think, I look at their bench and I don't see a deputy. I know they brought the, can't remember his name, one Ortega or something, to replace, to cover for left wing back, right, for Cantor. But that right Sorry. <laughs> but I don't see any cover for right back. Um, 
Yeah, and that looks and the defense for that defense to concede three against a Newcastle side. This is no shade to Newcastle; they were brilliant on the day, but this is City, and it was so easy for Newcastle. Like Newcastle could have really taken them apart if they took most of their chances. The maximum was unplayable. I just feel the City team doesn't look as secure as it did last season. I don't know what it is, but. If you look at their bench, really, Asais, Mares, um, well, we don't even know what Alvarez brings to the table. Then I think Diaz was also on the bench. Asais, those three, there was literally nobody else. And that's that's boring. So, well, let's see how it goes. We we all know that City would be in that discussion of who's going to win the league. Speaking about another team that was supposed to be in the discussion, but it's been a terrible start to the season. And you know you are bad when United is ahead of you on the table. Like right now, any team below United, they should know that, yes, something is wrong with us. We are definitely being chased by our village people and our manager is possessed. Speaking of a team like that, that's Liverpool. And they've had a very terrible start to the season. Well, you could look at the games in isolation and pick excuses like Ohis mentioned, key players being injured, you know, Darwin Nunes getting a red card against Crystal Palace, so they didn't have 11 men to try and get the three points. You know, the performance against United was, was terrible. But then they will tell you, oh, this person is injured, that person is injured, but Fabino didn't start. So many excuses, if we can call them that. But his just try to put yourself in the mind of a Liverpool fan. Let's imagine that you don't support West Ham, who have not scored the Premier League goal this season. Let's imagine you support Liverpool. How would you be feeling as a Liverpool fan? How do you think Liverpool fans are feeling? Yeah, so first things first, I want to go two seasons back. Like, I, I told everyone that cared to know that Liverpool had the lucky season. And I was happy it was against a team like Chelsea. I mean, I hate both clubs. So if Chelsea won Liverpool, I'll have something to say to Liverpool. Liverpool won Chelsea, I still have something to say to Chelsea. Liverpool have still not signed Georgino with Naldon's replacement. Um, I, I will die on that agenda and heal till Jesus comes. You cannot, um, what's the word now? You cannot, you, you cannot do the same thing over and over again and expect different results. I, I think it's Miles Moreau. I've forgotten which pastor has said that thing. So Klopp feels like he can keep doing this is um, pressing and killing. We can't midfielders that are not mechanics. Cavallo is not a mechanic. Cortijos is not a mechanic. Um, that guy that pems his hair, Elliot. Javi Elliott is not a mechanic. Thiago is also not a mechanic. Even if Thiago has definitely improved since his idea ball days, his first season in the Premier League was disastrous, where we used to like ban time every now and then. But that's number one. Number two, Liverpool sold or let go of three attackers and they were only able to sign one. The attacker they signed is not even a versatile one. So, for example, Luis Diaz can play on the flanks can play as a top nine. Money that they sold can play anywhere in front three. Minamino that they sold can play anywhere in front three. So in my opinion, if you're getting um Nunes as um an option up front, they should have added 
either promoting or converting one of their midfield options like Cavaho, Elliott or Curtis Jones to a winger because when these guys are on loan or in the championship, they used to play those positions. Another thing, and I will end by this because I can spend my whole day talking about Liverpool, but because of time, I won't, is club has a seven-year course. And that seven-year course is majorly because of the way he presses. So most players, they don't mind being those, they don't mind being servants for a couple of years, but it gets tiring, especially for the really old players. We saw this um, at his spell at Dortmund. We are seeing it at his spell in Liverpool. And we saw it at his spell at Mines. So it's not a coincidence. Someone spent seven years at Mines 05. He had the seventh season course or a seventh year course. Um, Borussia Dortmund, a seventh year course. I'm not, it's still early days. I'm not saying Klopp out and so on and so forth. But the truth is, if you are looking at Klopp's career and retrospect, in seven years, he has won one Premier League, one Champions League, um, one League Cup, one FA Cup, won everything. I can boast of managers that have done more within that short spell. Well said, Luis. <laughs> it seems like you've been prepping for, for that question for a while because... Uh, I'm on this agenda, that's why now. Club the oh, yeah, 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 agenda good. <laughs> I feel like you were just timing that question. That's, that was well said. Um, Albert, as a United fan, you must have been happy, um, surprised by the results. I, I take pride in the fact that I've been calling this United victory since the last episode that we did, Albert. So um, I'm happy that I got my prediction right. Because I don't know why, I just felt like United was going to win. But Albert, as a United fan, um, how was it for you? And then... I want you to give me your honest feedback on that Rashford goal because at first glance, it really looked offside to me. I don't understand why you said my honest feedback. Like, I was just going to tell a lie. I'm just checking. (laughs) Um, So, one, I didn't expect anything less from the way United played because they needed a response and that was the best occasion the best game to give such a response and and i'm not even going to talk about their performance i'm going to talk about the heart the the way they play they played with a different kind of spirit now they brought that spirit and the crowd followed so it was just like it was literally an a 12-man game versus 12, 12 players versus 11 because the entire stadium was right, be, right behind them because they played with so much heart. There was there was so much trickery in that game. There was so much aggression in that game, so much pressing in that game. Um, and that, that's what you expect from a United player. Now, maybe they took advantage of the fact that Liverpool events the Liverpool of last, last season. That's totally fine. But United was really amazing. The entire team, they were really amazing. Uh, yeah, my honest opinion, yes. Um, Rashford's goal was not offside. It was a, a real goal. Like, it was not offside. I don't care what you want to say right now. I bet it's in Shango Tedu. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Literally. Um, now, I'm so happy with the way... ETH um, makes decisions, 
right now he's not scared to take to make the the harsh decisions benching Harry Maguire benching Ronaldo and playing Elanga like literally and and you can see the problem Elanga caused for Trent like so are United better off without Ronaldo let me put you on the spot yes we are way better off without Ronaldo and right now how old is Ronaldo he's 30 something like literally you can't expect this young team to be depending on a 35 or 36 year old man to be scoring goals for you every um, game to save you from or every game is not we, we shouldn't be that kind of team we're, we just look at Arsenal right now and look at the way the team is formed and I'm not saying that we should actually copy Arsenal I just know that a young team at heart should play with heart and not depend on a so-called legend that has been a child all through the season to all through the beginning of the season and even through pre-season to come and play um, games for us right now with the way United is approaching their transfers the real Eric Ten Hag wants to do away with the entire Ronaldo scene because he needs players to play for him and we saw it with the way Malasia and Martinez played only God knows what Luxor must have been saying when he saw Malasia play he was like oh my god I'm never stepping on this pitch again if this kid keeps playing with so much heart like this and Harry Maguire would have been like wow <laughs> is this what defending looks like because Martinez gave his all and I don't know if you guys watched all the trickery that happened with um, with Bruno Fernandes wasting time and holding the ball and Martial telling the ball boy to calm down. Like, United were in their bag just to get that three points. And just maybe that's how football is played, but I'm really happy that they delivered and put um, Liverpool to the sword. Yeah, makes sense, Albert. It was it was a good game for for United fans. But we'll just quickly touch on Casemiro uh, before we we move to talking about FPL and game week three. Reward: United have signed Casemiro as a neutral in this case. Um, how do you feel about that signing, and what kind of impact do you think he can have as United? Well, he's living, playing with the likes of Cruz and Modric to play with Fred and McTominay. That's that's all I have to say. Wow, you, you just had to. Like, yeah, Albert, he, he actually just had to. About the way that he's going to take, he's going to bring back that Roy King, Roy King. <laughs> You didn't think about the way he's going to bring experience. Jude came, came for his last paycheck. <laughs> and, you got, and you guys gladly obliged. <laughs> like, man, can't be, can't be bothered and stressed about all this, your problem. Don't pay my money and beg. <laughs> but then, okay, I'll touch on, on Anthony because um, Twitter has been blowing up right now. Seems like United are going back in for Anthony. Um, I'm hearing some figures close to 100 million euros, about 94. So that's um, that's so that's what we can be comparing. I don't know. Okay, we add this to your Darwin Nunes Haaland agenda. Maybe just squeezing out the because of price. Nah, 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 nah. It's uh, why well, well, only count people that started this season before Sabek. 
Will you, what about like forming a new one around Anthony? What are your thoughts on Anthony generally? Anthony is a good player, to be very honest. I I've seen I've seen some things about him, but like uh, I I I mean it's a hot take, but I still feel like people like David Neres that is now in Benfica have had more impact to that Ajax side, especially in the Champions League than um, Anthony. So um, nothing special, nothing. He's not the one to take United to the promised land, in my opinion. So that's why I'm not really hyped about it. But it's an improvement from some players like Midlanga, for example, Amad Diallo. But I still don't think he will break into the first team if Marshall Rashford and Sancho keep this um, their preseason form. Which, I know, but you can't buy a player um, I mean, for 94 million euros and he'll not start. He's your everybody, everybody, everybody says that thing. And I, I know I can't use Nunes because, I mean, Nunes has started one game, benched, um, come off the bench for one game. But I like to use players like, um, for example, Riyad Mahrez. When Riyad Mahrez started at City, yes, you can say Pep Roulette and everything. Riyad Mahrez at that time was one of their record signings. I think him and Rodri, they were dragging for being the record signing. They were rotating. Rodri was a record sign. He was rotating with Fernandinho in his first season. So I always say it depends on the coach. It doesn't really depend on the price tag, to be honest. I know United is a different club, so that might matter. But if Marshall Sancho, Sancho and Rashford for keep ticking, man, it's going to be very difficult for um, uh, um, Eric Ten Hag to look Anthony's way, in my opinion. In my opinion, but it's just a hot take. 100, 100 million for a ZH wannabe. But what? You have some issues. That's a Jude has not even scored. He hasn't even scored double figures in, in, in Dutch league. And he wants to come and yeah, bring those numbers. Those numbers are shaking. But I just want you to know that in the Dutch league, the Dutch league is not focused on single performance, more team performance. So mm-hmm. we can't just talk about him scoring double figures while he's feeding to members to actually score those goals. So I think we want, um, yeah, I think you should mellow down on that part. So he can't even lace the edges shoes. So what are you saying? Okay, get the guess. What we're going to do is we'll pause for a bit and then talk about FPL. All right, so guys, let, let's talk about United, but from an FPL perspective. Good performance against Liverpool, a lot of spirit, a lot of passion in that performance. And we saw Marcus Rashford deliver. That's one player that everyone got on at the start of the season based on preseason form, and then he, he's appointed in the first two games. Do you think we can jump on United assets again now that it seems like they found their form? Yeah, so United were amazing against Liverpool, but for me, it's still a wait and see. I'll just um, advise guys to act with caution. Let's not get carried away. It's United, and we know how shitty they've been for a while. So just just one game doesn't <laughs> erase all their their bad performances. So for United, it's still a, it's still a wait and see for me before jumping on any of their assets. I get your reward. I think patience is one of those things that we we need in FPL. I, I had a very fair, I had a very fair game week three 
Yeah, but it would have been better if I just did Fischer. I sold St. Maximan after two blanks to get in Gundogan. Gundogan scored, but St. Maximan, you saw the performance against City, so I missed out on those points. So yeah, I guess fortune favors those that are patient in, in this case or in this season when it comes to FPL. Another thing that people have been doing a lot of is going big at the back. Um, so the thing about going big at the back is you miss out on some offensive gems. So for example, for obvious reasons, I don't have Haaland. I can't be fasting and praying for someone to blank every week. I have him in my FPL team and praying for him to score. So I don't have Haaland. I didn't have Nunes, not because I'm not rooting for him, but because I wasn't really sure on his um, starting minutes. And my first rule in FPL is I need to be sure of two points from all my players first before I now start counting who can score, who can assist, and so on and so forth. So if I don't think you start for your team, I can't bring you in my team. That's why everyone is laughing at me that I brought in this Bournemouth guy. And there'll be a time, I think they have a run of games where they have, I think, in, in five games, they have three fixture difficulty ratings of two, and they have two that three, and so on and so forth. So I'm not saying he will, he will be the golden boots or anything, but there'll be a time that people want to bring in Kifar more. So I just cashed, out, cashed in on him early, that, is, that it was 5.5. But going back big at the back has not helped me this season. I mean, um, Ederson double up, it helped me a lot in the first two game weeks. But the game week that I thought that I will feast, I will eat good, it just, it, it went south for me. So I'm on a target this season where I'm like, okay, I need at least 50 to 60 points every week that I don't use a chip and 80 to 95 any week I use a chip. 32 points from the last game week and I think 43 or 44 points from the second game week. It has been terrible for me. And no thanks to my three Liverpool assets. And the reason why I cannot remove them is because of one reason. Last season, I did this thing where at the start of the season, I brought in, I think, one player from every team. So I had 15 players for 15 different clubs. I still had the same point I started the season with 50, 56, 58. This season, I doubled up on um, Liverpool defenders, City defenders, and I think I had Cucurella also. Cucurella did not start in that game. So I just feel like this season, uh, sorry, excuse me, this season, you just have to know when to make your move. So for my next game week, I know like we're still reviewing the last game week. What I'm doing is I'm training one from City, training one from um, from Liverpool. So yes, I know I'm probably going to have a game week where someone on my bench calls and someone that starts for me blanks. But it's just the smartest way I can go right now because there's something that happened last game week. I think it was Bailey. I told everyone that this time that Bailey is like the most transferred out player, he's going to have a haul. And he didn't have a haul, but he had, I think, um, is it five points or six points? He had an Asisha. And I did something very silly. I said I was going to start um, Bailey over one of my attackers or Saka. Because Saka, in my opinion, based on the fact that Ben White has been playing um, right back, that is a natural CB, it's not making Saka to really um, do those things he used to do last season, making those runs and everything. So I just I just feel like this is FPL is when to make the moves. And I'll conclude by saying this. Not only am I doing badly in FPL, guys, I'm also having the worst transfers. So in the first game week, I removed 
um Oli Watkins for Aaron Moore to free up I think 2.5 or 2 million cash. We all know how well Watkins did the next game week. The, pro- the following game week, I removed Zaha for Madison. Madison had seven points, but Zaha had I think 12 or 13. I now go in minus four hits, and I have a golden rule of minus four hits that anytime I get a minus four hit, I'm to captain that player. But I just felt, man, in the last five games between City and Newcastle, Cancelo has been very impressive. That even if City don't win, I feel like Cancelo will have an attacking return on a clean sheet. And we all know how that ended. So it's been very poor for me. And next game week, I've removed Pedro Neto for Matas Jensen and Bukayo Saka. I took a hit and brought in Rodrigo. And I'm captaining Rodrigo for next game week. So if, if you believe in people that jinx stuff, please avoid the following players. Thank you. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, Albert, I need to ask you. Is Salah still essential? Definitely. Of course, Salah is essential. I think uh, when I started when I started playing FPL then and reward always had this rule, you tell me say um, you can't start FPL without having Salah, literally. So I think Salah is really essential. because one, like on his good day, he's a beast. On bad days, he still tries to um produce something like even if it's an assist or a goal like he tries his best to and he has done it in the entire like um from game week one to three um game week one he was amazing um i think game week two maybe that was when he like slipped a bit but even in the united game he still scored so i think right now salah is um, keeps for me um, I don't have. I it's not like it still keeps for me. Like I don't have. Um, I don't have any reservations to keeping him. I think most of my or the, the Liverpool assets that I have, I've sold all of them, especially Trent Alexander, Alexander Arnold, because yeah, he has just been. Um, he has just been terrible, and just looking at the. <clears throat> Excuse me. Looking at um, looking at game week four. Looking at game week four, we know that um, Salah versus Bournemouth. Um, in six games, he has eight goals and one assist um, against them. So that's very good statistics for next uh, for this coming game week. I still have Salah, and there's a high chance that I will captain him. Thinking I just need to do some research around Man City versus Crystal Palace and see how those stats have done in the past seasons. But I know that right now Haaland is actually a little bit on fire because he's still um, putting in goals. And I think Salah will actually want a response from the sick United, the impressive United game that just um, happened last game week. So fingers crossed. I still have Salah. I hope everyone still keeps him, but every other Liverpool asset can just go to hell. It be me, though, Albert. That's that's what you mean, but Every other Liverpool asset can burn. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, please, everyone, uh, let's talk about assets that are actually delivering. Um, it pays me to say, but you know, we saw these guys tear Chelsea up, Aronson, Harrison. Rodrigo, uh, we even saw 
FPL aside, we still have good performances from people like um, Christensen, their defender. Like everybody that has a son or son name was just on on point against Chelsea. It was terrible. But yes, let's focus on Rodrigo, Harrison, and Aronson. Rodrigo has the highest points in FPL so far this season. What are your thoughts on them? And do you think people need to start bringing these guys in? Yes, I I think I've started the the season really really well because almost everybody I've been bringing in has been a hit so far. So last game week I took out um, Bailey and I brought in Rodrigo. At the time it looked like a very silly stupid decision because I'm like this guy is playing Chelsea next. What what am I doing? But I just <laughs> so it was either Rodrigo or Pascal Gross for me and I went with Rodrigo. And dude scored, and I think he also he scored two goals, right? And gave one an goal assist. and one assist. Yeah, one goal, one goal, goal one assist. assist. Yeah, yeah. And he's currently the highest scoring player in FPL. So that tells me if there's any time to get Rodrigo, just get him now because he's central to whatever Leeds are doing. And just imagine the way he has transformed that team. They look really good going forward. Rodrigo has been he's he's been so amongst the like the likes of he Harrison and Aaronson. I think Rodrigo is a standout um, asset there. So if you want to go to an elite player, Rodrigo has to be the guy. I think Bamford is still injured um, in the Carabao Cup game. He wasn't even listed today. So Rodrigo is he's a midfielder playing as a striker. So just get him already. Um, Leeds fixtures are amazing. So what's I don't know what anybody's waiting for. Um Harrison has been slightly going under the radar, but he's also top for assists in the league. Right? He's really creative, he's on set pieces, he has a really great left foot. So if you don't want, I think he's also relatively cheaper than Rodrigo. It's about 5.5 million. So you could also go Harrison and not go wrong. Aaronson takes all the boxes that um the pressing, the hurrying, but I don't think he will face a Mendy every every game week. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's not he's not exactly prolific. So, but if I was to go with any leads asset, it would be Rodrigo. Second choice would be Harrison. Harrison can Sinistera is back, so I think either Aaronson or Daniel James's position would be at risk. So watch out for that. Mm, is it worth taking the hits to bring in Leeds assets? If it's Brighton next, and we all know that Brighton are amazing at defending, so but if there's anybody that would score a goal for Leeds, it's Rodrigo. So yeah, you could take a hit for Rodrigo. But after Brighton, their fixtures are, are great, so why not? All right. Uh, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about captaincy a bit. Uh, that will be the last thing we talk about before we end this episode. I know we all want to be here for long, but <sighs> we have to. We have to work with time. So, Ohez, I'll start with you. Who are you looking at, uh, Captain? I think you've already mentioned they are going to cap Rodrigo. So, yeah, I'll just mention Liverpool that I didn't hear when I was ranting. So, this isn't anybody I take a hit for. I'm captaining the person because I've made very terrible captain choices this season so far. I mean, aside from game week one, because like the whole world captain Salah. Uh-huh. So aside from that, um, game week two and game three, my captain choices were 
were nothing to write home about. So I'm doing Rodrigo. Even if Rodrigo gets two points, at least four minus four is zero. So I'm fine. All right. How about, how about you? Yeah, I'm still conflicted between Salah and Haaland. Uh, right now, the band is still with Salah, but depending on how the world advises me, because he's my FPL godfather here, so... <laughs> this guy, you've carried, you've, you've carried Nigerian politics to FPL. <laughs> nah, I think my early days of FPL, like, I know we won sometimes, it gets my call, like, 6.30 in the morning, when he's sleeping, I'm like, oh, this boy has come again. I'm like, guys, who should I cut? <laughs> But yeah, I think um, right now I'm going for Salah. I think the stats um, out there will show that um, he has a good run against Bournemouth. So yeah, I'm sticking to Salah. Yeah, I think that was going to be a popular choice this evening. Lord, what about you? So I'm not sure Salah is a popular choice because <laughs> it's not. It's, this season has been has been quite different. The template is shifting from Salah. Uh, but if I was to drop some stats for big chances considered, um, Fulham at the highest with nine, followed by Crystal Palace by six, then Bournemouth five. Jesus has now play Fulham, right? And we all know that Fulham are quite an attacking team. So I think there's there's a chance Jesus is going to feast in that game, right? Uh, but Salah is Salah. I remember last game week where a lot of people captain Haaland and Jesus and still Salah came out tops. So he just has this thing around him. Even though Liverpool don't play and playing so good, he's, he's still Salah. And that fixture against Bournemouth screams like he's Salah. If there's any time for Salah to score a hat-trick, it looks like Bournemouth is it's, it's that one. So yeah, I'll stick with Salah. If you want to add something, Ebuka. Yes, so, um, add to what you said, Reward, even last season, most of the games Liverpool lost, I think they lost two or three games, Salah had returned. West Ham, um, I think, um, aside the Leicester game, the two or three games that Liverpool lost last season, Salah had returned. So, your, your point is very, very valid. Like, even people that are scared of Liverpool's current form, you can definitely bank on a Salah goal. And if Salah scores, most likely he's going to get three, two or one bonus points. Yeah, Salah is a popular choice. Um, for me, I'm talking between Salah and Kane, but I'm leaning towards Salah. Um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm saving my, my transfer for this game week because I'm looking at probably, maybe not now, but in the future, I'm working towards the Kane sale. But I'm tired of having two premiums confusing me with all these captain choices. Let me just leave it to one person and forget about it. But you know, for now I have my Salah, I have my kid, both delivered for me last um, last game week. Looking forward to what they can achieve in this one. That's all we can take on this episode. Thank you for being with and listening up until this point. We are the empty stands on Twitter. We we are at the empty stands on IG at the empty stands podcast. Feel free to reach out to us and ask questions. Send us your teams and let's tell you if you if you have the potential to get a lot of points or if you're just going to 
have one of those forgettable game weeks where you don't even bother after like the first two games you switch up your TV and you just go to bed because you're tired and you're done with football and FPL. And you delete the app. And you delete the app. Thank you, Albert. You delete the app. You have to delete the app. It can be very annoying sometimes. I think we've all been there. But yes, reach out to us and let's know what your plans are for game week four. Have a very successful and fruitful game week four. Catch you all later. Cheers, guys.